Well, hello there, and welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Kreisman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. I will be writing solo today for the first time in quite some time. Used to do this semi-regularly. In fact, it was kind of the norm for a little while that the DNVR Rockies podcast, before that, the, the BSN Rockies podcast, I would go solo. But uh, with Michaela wrapped up doing a bunch of playoff stuff, obviously, uh, and Patrick moving this week. Had to ride solo for at least this one. Hoping this is the only one this week where I'll have to be by myself and we can get you guys more fun guests and, and other people who are more interesting to listen to. But on this one, we'll be wrapping up uh, the Colorado Rockies series in Miami, breaking down for you some 20th and Blaze, see who's going hot for your Rockies right now. Break down a couple of guys who are showcasing themselves pretty nicely, it looks like, for some potential trades with the trade deadline right around the corner. Uh, but first, I, I did want to share some thoughts, actually, on uh, the Colorado Avalanche getting eliminated from the playoffs. Obviously, that was really, really disappointing. Uh, always sad to see uh, as a new fan who jumped in when they were, you know, good and and had a lot of high expectations. Uh, it, it's frustrating, and it was another bitter reminder uh, about, you know, just because you have on paper probably the best team in the NHL or, or in any given sport. I, I'm obviously drawing comparisons here. Um, and you go in with all the expectations and and you're mostly healthy and, and you're playing well and, and you did everything right, right? The Colorado Avalanche did everything right and still didn't even end up getting to the finals. And it's it's it sucks. It really, really sucks. It's brutal. It hurts. Uh, and I know a lot of us are frustrated today. Um, but it, it's another reminder, man. That's that's sports. That's the human element of sports. It's not some guy behind home plate deciding on a whim how to read the rule book and deciding what is or is not a strike or for that matter, a first down or a three pointer. You know, that's not the human element. This is the human element where stuff happens. You don't always play at your best. Sometimes other teams play at their absolute best and they just get you like the Nationals did to the Dodgers a couple of years ago. And that's why the same teams, other than for a little while there with the New England Patriots in, in the NFL, don't win the championship every year. And if you were to look across sports and say, how often does the consensus best team in in the league that year actually go on and win the championship is maybe 50-50 at best. And, and it's probably in favor of the field. So <clears throat> it's brutal, man. Uh, uh, it, I'm, I'm hurting for the Avs. I'm hurting for Avs fans because there was such high expectations. And one of the great things about the way that team is set up is – that, you know, everyone's coming back next year and they should be older and more experienced and even better. And that's one of the reasons why there's been so much excitement about them. But uh, just another harsh sports, bitter reminder that even when it looks like 
you know, uh, people will often say to me that, like, why we've never come into a Rocky season. This is true. This is 100% true that we've never come into a Rocky season feeling like they were the favorites to do anything, right? Anytime they've been competitive, they've, especially to people who weren't paying close attention, come out of nowhere, he said in quotes, or at the very least been underdogs and and not been expected to compete in, in 07. Maybe in 2009, uh, was about as close as you get, even even a little bit in 2018, where I think they were expected to be good that year, and they were, but they weren't expected to be. They weren't. They certainly weren't expected to tie the Dodgers uh, at the end of 162 baseball games, and they did that, and that was a surprise to most people. And so, you know, I get that question: Why can't we ever be the Dodgers? Right? Why can't we be that team or the Colorado Avalanche this year that goes into the season with championship expectations? plays at a championship level, goes into the postseason or the playoffs in that case, expecting to win the big one. Like it would feel really good to do all that. And 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 you're right, it would. Be, <laughs> that would be an interesting feeling as a Rockies fan. That's never happened, right? But it's, again, just another reminder that just because you do all those things doesn't mean you're getting that parade either. It's... Most teams don't win the championship most of the time. So hopefully everyone still enjoyed their time with the avalanche season. That's why I take the time to enjoy these moments in Rocky's time, even when they're terrible, especially out on the road, because nothing is guaranteed. And you never know, you know, if if you only pay attention when you think they're going to win and then they're really good and they still don't win. That's just extra epically brutal in in my book. So I will sip here and sip on my Strava Craft coffee uh, because it's way too early in the morning for Breck Brew. But I do toast my Breck Brew and my Breck Celsius on this day to the Colorado Avalanche. They had a fantastic season. I had a great deal of fun watching them. Yes, it's heartbreaking when your team loses the last game of the year, which, as I said, has happened to every team I've rooted for my entire life, except for a couple of Broncos teams when I was in middle school. Is that the last time? I mean, again, I've only recently become an Avalanche fan. So, yeah, those are the only teams I've ever rooted for that won the last game of the year, the the John Elway Denver Broncos. Uh, So it's brutal, but we do the thing anyway because we love it. And we get up today and we wonder – hopefully far more artfully and articulately than most of the people in the press conference last night for the abs. If anyone's wondering what I'm talking about, um, we start wondering about the next step and, and next year and, and, and what happens now, because we, we can't break ourselves of the habit. Can we, we cannot stop ourselves from doing this while you're here listening to this show, hanging out after the Rockies just dropped two of three from Miami, but don't forget about helping out all of our partners. As again, I mentioned, drink your Breck Brew and your Breck Celsius at the appropriate hour of the day. You know, you can get a bigger one when you come down to the DNVR bar by becoming a member of the family. Subscribe to the DNVR.com today. When you do, you get access to all the written content, plus discounts on hats and shirts and masks, a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, as I just mentioned, of course. And you get access to our Discord channel, all kinds of cool stuff. Right now, we'll send you a free shirt from the DNVR locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out at H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com and use promo code DNVR30 to get 30% off after you've gotten that free bit. So, um, And Real Corsi Cat, you're right. There are certain 
markets with teams that have all the money in the world to spend and still sometimes can't figure out their ways into being competitive. So yeah, it's a, it's just, it's rough out there, man. It's the only industry where every time somebody wins, somebody else loses. And it's as simple as that, where you've got only 30 people trying to do the thing and 29 of them are trying to stop you from doing the thing. So, um, Sean, I haven't heard anything about uh, John saying anything publicly. John Gray, in terms of his contract, uh, Sean obviously referencing here the Trevor Story quotes in the Denver Post recently, uh, suggesting that you know he may not be interested in, in signing an extension here. I haven't heard anything publicly from John along those lines. And frankly, I would be very surprised if, one, we did, because I, I don't think he's too into hashing those things out publicly. And if I've got time at the end of this, I may have a few extra thoughts on, on some of that. I may actually want to do another show this weekend on social anxiety in sports and professional athletes and the media and the relationship between all of those things. Uh, the Naomi Osaka story, uh, Rod Benson's appearance on NPR, and the press conference last night. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts on, on all of those things and what I think is an evolving relationship between people who ostensibly have my job, right, do what Patrick and I do, um, and what, kind, what we do with that access, uh, the responsibilities that should be involved in that. And, and I think the media has gotten a, a pass for a very long time. Uh, so we'll we'll get into that at a later date. But I'd be surprised if John Gray said anything publicly. I'd also be surprised um, if his position was that he wanted out. Um, you know, I, I'm sure it's more complicated than just does he want to stay? Does he want to go? But he's always felt comfortable here. He doesn't hate Coors Field the way, you know, a lot of pitchers might, I think a lot of people go, wouldn't, of course, you'd want to go somewhere else and see if you can do even better. And, and maybe he could. And, and I'm sure that thought has entered his mind. I'm sure like anybody, like any human being who would be in his situation, you go, oh man, you know, maybe I could go somewhere else. Maybe I could pitch for a, a team with championship expert, like we were just talking about earlier, right? A team that comes into the year. Now I'm the fourth guy on the rotation and just expected to be a key piece in this championship machine, as opposed to needing to be like the young savior of a woe-begotten franchise. Woe-begotten, I don't use that word more. Um, you know, so I, but John likes it here. He likes his teammates. He likes the area. Um, he's in, He he's, how do I want to say this? I think like a lot of us, he is a creature of habit and comfort. And if he doesn't have to totally upend his routine and his situation, uh, I don't think he would. I think if the Rockies offered him a, a contract that paid him fairly, he'd take it. The question is just, you know, will they do that? And as Patrick is often asked on the show, is that the best, smartest use of the Rockies' resources? I think it is, or at the very least, I don't think there's anything else they can spend those resources on right now that's going to be more valuable than keeping him around. So if it's up to me, he's the one guy on the roster. I'd really be making a strong effort to sign for the future. Uh, and as we've talked about, you know, looking into trading guys like 
Trevor story. I'll get into some of these right now, since that segues real nicely into this conversation I was going to have later, but let's just do it now. Some of these guys playing well. CJ Cron has cooled off a little bit. I still think there's value there. You can get something out of a guy uh, who's got good walk numbers and good power numbers. Again, that's that's highly valued across baseball. Uh, yeah, the batting average has dropped down quite a bit. Again, uh, the strikeouts are there. Again, this is something that's more and more common uh, in baseball. It's getting harder to recognize like what like if Croner's striking out 25% of the time, that's not great, but that's like league average now. Like that used to be like 25% of the time used to be going, man, come on, let, let's cut that down a little bit. But that's I'm I'm pretty sure that is league average as of like this year as of the last couple of years. So, you know, I, I think you can get something out of Crone still. You, you'd like to see him go on a little hot streak and remind everybody, yes, he's still got that pop in his bat. Uh, he, he's been great at drawing the walks. He does have some ugly at bats that make you go, you know, what is a contender picking him up for? To be a pinch hitter late in the game off of their roster, probably. Maybe DH a little bit in the American League. And, you know, and he, he's shown the ability to have a terrible one at bat, right? He'll go up there and strike out on three pitches, none of which were strikes. So you got to be careful of that. But I do think you can get at least a quality reliever or something. Hopefully a young guy signed for a little while out of Crone. The other guy's pitching, uh, playing, I should say, because Crone's not pitching well. Uh, but you, you've got real now progress here from Michael Givens and Daniel Bard. Uh, Givens and Bard, really could get you something because those are guys that again everybody needs crone you've got to figure out a way to fit him in do we're not going to play him at first base Pro almost certainly a contender's not slotting him in over there you want him as a dh or pinch hitter late in games that's real valuable especially when you start getting to the postseason and we've seen you know bit players like tony walters and christian cologne have big hits in postseason games right so having cj crone there increases your odds of that uh however Michael Givens and Daniel Bard fit in on any contenders team the way they're pitching right now. Both have been absolutely fantastic. Really, for the last month, Givens has, has been excellent all year. I was just trying to bring up his uh, his numbers. Excuse, like I said, I was going to do this just a little bit later in the show, so give me one second. Here it is. Uh, Givens has got his ERA on the season now down at 291. Uh, he pitched over an inning, right? He was able to get more than the one inning. Uh, in the second game, the win uh, in this series against Miami, where the Rockies uh, actually got pretty solid stuff out of the three relievers that they need to be showcasing, trying to get something out of. Carlos Estevez uh, pitched two-thirds of an inning, only gave up the one hit, sitting at the 4.02 ERA on the year. A little bit inflated from some early damage given up. Also, for a Rockies, for a Coors Field guy, fine. Right. More than and with the natural stuff he gets, you can get something out of Estevez if you choose to trade him at this deadline. He's also got contract that goes through next year. So a little extra value there. Givens, 2.91, as I mentioned, with the ERA right now, six holds. He's got this long resume before coming to Colorado of success in Baltimore. He's still right at, I want to say, 30 years old. So he's not old by any means. He's still got a great fastball changeup combination. And it very clearly took him a while to figure out how to make it work at Coors Field. You know, his first bit last year, really not good, uh, having a hard time. And, and early in this season, he was <clears throat> having some wildness. He was walking some guys. But as he sits there with a 161 ERA plus, as we talk today, 
Uh, he, he's got to have incredible value for a potential contender. And the same thing with Daniel Bard, whose ERA was in the eights after the first month of the season, now down to 360 after he picked up his eighth save of the season, did not allow any runs, still a little bit of traffic with the hit and the walk, but still Daniel Bard has been a much, much, much better pitcher over the last month. And as we've talked about again recently, a great opportunity to move him to a contender to get the best out of, frankly, everybody involved. You, you, you want to get Bard to a team where his ability to pitch and bring 100 miles an hour out of the bullpen is it actually helps them you know, win some important baseball games. And you want the Rockies to be able to turn a 35-year-old who's probably not going to be a part of their future into a younger player via a trade who is going to be a part of their future. So I think there are some real, real great possibilities with their, all those guys. And despite the fact that the Rockies are still losing baseball games, obviously you want to get those kinds of performances out of um, Gibbons, Bard, Stevez. Kinley's been quietly decent. Uh, he, he, he did give up a couple of runs in that game, making it closer than it needed to be, but was still able to get through the three outs. And, and I'm not sure you're going to be able to get much out of those guys. But those are the types of guys uh, you're really looking to get some quality value out of at this trade deadline. So if you think you know what's going to happen at the trade deadline, you think you've got it all figured out. And I know you do. I see you out there on Twitter. You think you know what's going to happen. Well, good. Get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. It's easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. They're constantly throwing promotions and deals, which basically amount of free money for you to bet on things, which then turns into real money when you win those bets. It makes watching sports a whole lot more fun and sometimes can even fatten up your wallet a little bit. Right now, they've got a pretty fantastic promo going on. Pick any basketball team still in contention. Bet $1. If that team wins, you win 100 bucks. Simple as that. And guess what? If they don't, you've only lost $1, which you've probably lost more of in your couch cushions in the last week. So don't forget to use promo code DNVR. Download the top-rated drafting sportsbook app now. Use that promo code when you sign up. Again, it's DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If you do, you claim $100 in free credits. Promo code DNVR for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Um, and yes... Sean, actually, uh, and we've talked about this a little bit, the Bard situation is is very strange. He's arbitration. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in his final year of arbitration next year. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so it's all very, very strange, right? Normally, when you say that, you're talking about a guy who's 26 or 27 years old, like Trevor Story right now, uh, in his final year of arbitration. Uh, but Daniel Bard is going to be there at 36, like maybe having to sitting down with arbiters and, and they may be asking him, as Patrick said, about some of his stats from because they usually take like your last three or four full seasons. Well, his last two, like his last season wasn't a full one. And everything before that was seven years ago in Boston. So 
how much are those stats relevant to anything? That's going to be very strange to see what happens with him and, and the arbitration numbers. But yeah, all very, very fascinating. Let's get into a couple of players who are playing decently well for your Colorado Rockies right now. We have got an updated 20th and blaze for you. Only if I can find it, though. Only if I can find the graphics. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, all right. In fifth place, Brendan Rogers. Not exactly tearing the cover off the ball. Could have gone with a few other people here. You know, Jonathan Daza continues to make good contact and have a very, very quality 326 batting average. Um, a few other guys I could have snuck in. Either of the relievers, any of the relievers that I just talked about, honestly, could have been in this spot. Could have been Bard or or Givens or Estevez. Went with Rodgers, got hits in two of the games, uh, got his second home run of the season, and coming off of the homestand where he was quality. So Brendan Rodgers really has, I think, settled in more than we've seen him at any other point at the major league level. He looks comfortable. Uh, he looks quality. That homer he hit was an absolute rocket, no doubter. Um, that 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 kind of thing because you know his first one that he he crushed it, but it barely got out. You know, bounces off the wall. Uh, as it stands right now, he's hitting 280. He's slugging 420. OPS plus 106. That's right. As it sits there, all of a sudden now it's just 58 plate appearances. But remember, he's only a, the most he's had in a season is 81 back in 2019. And people were ready to write him off because 81 plate appearances and, you know, he, he just hadn't found it yet. Then he only had 21 plate appearances last year. Was hurt. It was, was awful. Really just throw those 21 plate appearances away. Got 58 this year in 17 games. 106 OPS plus making contact, having confident at bats, providing offense at times when some of the veterans in the lineup really weren't. Uh, he, he had a big base hit on the last uh, homestand when a couple of veterans struck out right in front of him. He was able to bring in uh, an RBI. So very, very happy with the progress we're seeing out of Brendan Rogers. Obviously, it's something you want to Keep seeing going in that direction. You want to see those home runs pop up a little more often. But now that he's got the first couple out of the way, it doesn't feel like it's got to be this big momentous thing. Rodgers can just go out there and play. And, you know, it, when, by the time you're hitting your third, fourth, fifth home runs in, in Major League Baseball, it starts to feel normal. It starts to feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And the fact that he's been able to play every day, yes, uh, in part due to, to injuries, and we'll see. You know how much that continues now that story is back in the lineup. Let me see. It's a little early in the day today. I'm recording this. I don't think they've put up the lineups for this first game in Cincinnati just yet. Kyle Freeland on the hill. Let me check. Nope. So, yeah, uh, Rodgers are obviously going to keep a very, very close eye on. At number four, Antonio Sensatella didn't pitch an exceptional game, except for maybe when it comes to uh, the strikeouts. Eight. For him, for a guy who doesn't often get that many strikeouts. But the other thing uh, was, again, him, him being able to, to go the length. He gives up nine hits. He gives up four earned runs. That's a little rough. That's not what, you know, Patrick and I had talked about him continuing his positive momentum. He's been on a pretty good run as of late. It's hard to tell whether or not that counts. He's one run over the quality start 
moniker that that you need that some people hate, uh, but still, right? Not quite a quality start, but being able to gut it out and go the six innings, four earned runs does give your team a chance to win the game. Only one walk to eight strikeouts. So that's why I went ahead uh, uh, combined with what he's been doing lately. You know, sometimes guys are going to spray the ball around on you a little bit. Really the big hit against him that, that brought in a couple of runs and was the major dagger to Antonio Sensatella was a breaking ball that he threw to Corey Dickerson that almost hit the guy in the back foot. It was not a strike. What I mean, it was a great pitch. And as we all know, those of you who remember Corey Dickerson from his days in Colorado, that was one of his calling cards, right? Like a Vladimir Guerrero, sometimes like Rymal Tapia, but with far more power, the ability to hit pitches that are not strikes and and actually square them up. And he got one on Senza. And uh, I can't remember who, I think it was some of our UK friends were in the chat when we were doing a preview of this series saying, uh, and I don't even think I read the comment. I just saw it and we were talking about something else, but uh, that Corey Dickerson was going to, was really going to hurt the Rockies this series. And he definitely did right there. Cause that's one where if he swings through that ball and most guys are most good hitters, aren't going to be able to barrel up a breaking ball. I can't remember if it was a slider or curveball um, that starts inside and breaks to the left-handers back foot. They call, they literally call that the hall of fame pitch. If you can throw that pitch regularly as a righty to lefties, you, you've got a really good shot at being a great pitcher. And Dickerson just hit it off the wall for a two or three run triple. I'm, I'm trying to remember now what it was in that game. Do I have it? Oh, here, I need to bring up the Marlins. Uh, it was a two run triple. But that really was, you know, you, you, you take that off and Sensatella had a fantastic outing and he continues to be good. So, I'm continuing to look for good things out of Antonio Sensatella. And at number three, Charles Cobb Blackman, quietly but steadily and assuredly, much like Daniel Bard, I feel like, you know, he started the season so bad. And then his return to form has not been eye-popping, right? there. Charlie hasn't had like a two-home run game or a four-five RBI game or a three or four-hit game. Uh, anything like that. He had the game in Pittsburgh where he had like all their RBI and hit the game winning double, right? There there was that game, but it was still like they won four, three, and there was a lot else going on and yeah, no homers, anything like that. So like with Daniel Bard, and we talked about, you know, walking a hit, he hadn't been going out there and striking out the side and walking off the mound, swinging around going, yeah, you know, it's even now that his ERA is better and the saves are there, there's still been some very uncomfortable ones. And I feel like with Charlie, you're still kind of looking at the stats going, okay, you know, where where will the real Charlie Blackman finally show up? But after a couple of base hits in the finale, I'm sorry, one base hit, one for two, sitting 280 on the season after a guy was sitting at a buck 50 for like the first month of the season. So again, not back up where you'd really, really like to see him be. Um, but he is now all of a sudden, and I would not even have guessed this before I pulled up the numbers, leading the club in OPS plus at 109. Not, not a good number for your leader to have 109. Uh, that You want that to be like your fourth or fifth best hitter, but still uh, a 109 for Charlie Blackman after spending a lot of the season in like the 60s. Spent most of April in the 60s. 
So he, he's really come alive. And, you know, there were a lot of questions as he was struggling with his age and, and all of that stuff. Is it just, is he just bad now? Has he hit the age curve? Is it, is he done? Is, is he just going to be this albatross contract uh, who really can't produce anything for the Rockies over the last couple of years of his career? And right this moment, it doesn't look like it. it. It once again looks like the slump was probably a little bit more of an outlier, though it was a longer slump. And we'll have to keep our eyes on that moving forward to be sure. And at number two, well, 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 well. If it isn't El Cangrejo himself, the man they told me was done. It figured him out. None belong here. He's a fifth outfielder at best. Look, so the OPS plus is still, you know, 93. That's what it's going to be when he's going well. You know, people getting at me on Twitter about how it's in the 70s for his career, as if that has anything to do with who he's been as a starter. Or as if any of that is really the best way to measure Rymel Topics. We've talked about so often on this show, his most important contribution is consistency. He's on base in every game in the set against Miami. Three-hit game in the middle there in the one that they won. He goes 3-5 with two runs scored. A couple of doubles. A one double. He had a couple of doubles in the series. So he is getting a little bit more slugging, which the OPS Plus likes. And, and, you know, Patrick wants to see him develop that. A lot of people want to see him develop the power, and I get it. I'm I'm hesitant of it because I – I, I see when he slows his bat down, he hits the ball less hard, but more often. He puts the ball in play, and drops in front of people a lot, gets around him a lot. And you want to see him take those moments where he rips one in the gap or, or, or puts one over the wall or whatever. But boy, he done raised his batting average 25 points in a week. In a week. And again, the the people who were taking advantage of the first and to this point only slump in his career to look at the numbers right at that time and say, see, he's not that good. He's actually who he was during this 10 game sample size when he got on base eight times, scored a couple of runs. That was his slump. We went through it. The slump wasn't even that bad. But since the end of the slump, So the slump ended on May 27th, and since then, oh, I've got it. I've got it. Come on, baseball reference. Don't do me dirty like this. Bring up the stats. In 13 games, he's hitting 351, slugging 491, six ribbies, eight doubles, 20 hits in his last 13 games. To raise his batting average from where it was at 264 to 286. And he's not done yet. He's going to go back to being this. This is who he is. The slump was very strange. He's never done anything like that before in his career. And even then, he was finding his ways to contribute. Where a lot of guys, they go into a slump, they're, they're not contributing a damn thing. Even some of the best players in baseball. When Charlie was in a slump, Trevor and his current slump, 
not contributing a damn thing. Tapia Slump was getting on base eight times in 10 games and scoring five runs. <clears throat> Different strokes, I suppose. Raimel Tapia, number two on your 20th and Blaze, continuing to do it. They do not win the second ball game of the set without him. And of course, in at number one, I think now very clearly the best baseball player for the Rockies over the last month. Yeah, Charlie Blackman's gotten better, but like I said, his numbers are overall mediocre. Uh, he's, and he still hasn't played like a star to get there. Trevor Story hasn't played like a star. Ryan McMahon has cooled off a bit. You know, he's still giving you the slugging. He's still giving you a great at-bat. I still love where McMahon is at right now at the plate. And obviously, you know, defensive. If we're counting defense and stuff, we could figure out a way to put McMahon on this list every time we do it, right? But ultimately, the best baseball player for your Colorado Rockies over the last month has been left-handed starting pitcher Austin Gomber. Matter of fact, over his last six games, the Blake Street Gomber is averaging, is averaging an ERA. What an ERA is an average, Drew. He has an ERA. That's what he does. He has it. And his ERA is 157. In six games pitched, he struck out 37 dudes and walked three. That is, again, the strikeout to walk ratio is beyond elite. Right now, that's unless somebody else had a huge game recently, that is still the number one strikeout to walk ratio in the National League, maybe in all of Major League Baseball. Again, these things fluctuate from day to day. You know, as guys pitch and stuff. And... Even if you go back a couple more games and add one where he gave up, remember when he, when he gave up five earned runs in St. Louis? Um, but then the game before that, May 1st, against Arizona, six innings, two earned runs. So let's add those two games in. So we get our, our last eight-game sample size. Since the calendar has turned over to May, Austin Gomber's got an ERA of 258. 48 strikeouts and four walks. That's right. Having left April behind him, Austin Gomber has been one of the best pitchers in the National League. Uh, It's kind of incredible. He's lowered his overall ERA again down to 395. For Colorado Rockies pitcher, you see an ERA in the middle of the season. It's in the threes. Your eyes open up a little bit wider. And there it is, 395 ERA plus 117. In fact, he's probably leading. Let me double check if he's leading the team. ERA plus, ooh, well, okay. So Givens, okay, there's going to be relievers. Givens has 161. Jordan Sheffield, currently on the IEL, IEL, (laughs) excuse me, 144. Daniel Bard at 130, right? Those are that's what we're talking about. It's great for those guys, especially if you can, you can move them out of that. Marquez just has Gomber beat at 118. And then you've got Gomber at 117. John Gray with a 108 
Antonio Sensatella, according to the advanced metrics, has been exactly league average at a 100. Uh, and then, obviously, we're still waiting for Kyle Freeland to kind of give us enough innings pitch so that his numbers mean anything. <clears throat> but Gomber, man, I mean, that is <laughs> that's about as good an eight-game stretch as you're going to see a Colorado Rockies pitcher have. Um, and Marquez is having one right now as well. It's probably not as good in terms of the strikeout to walk ratio. He also only pitched once in the, the time of frame that I'm taking into account here is which I, why he's not on 20th and blaze, but still, man, it's gotta be Gomber. So the, what a funny, funny world that we live in. If, if you would have asked us on, uh, on the day of the trade, as it were, and I don't like bringing up the trade because some people can only ever see this ball player through the lens of the trade. And that's 100% unfair. Uh, at the at the same time, if you'd ask me, you know, day of that that trade or the next day or the next day, is there ever going to be a time where Austin Gomber is the best ball player on the Rockies right now? Position pitcher doesn't matter. I would say that's very unlikely. It's very unlikely that it'll be a stretch where he's the best Rockies pitcher. I would say Marquez, Gray, Freeland, Senzatella. Gomber's not quite there yet. Right now, it appears to be. So it, it is at this point, Austin Gomber starts our must-watch television for hardcore Rockies fans. Again, who, who do want to see who's going to be a part of that solution? Who's going to be a part of that next successful Rockies team? And you want to know, right? You want to be the person that says, I remember. When Gomber struggled that first month and couldn't get, he was walking everybody in the snowy start at Coors Field, and he looked lost, and everyone was ready to bury this guy in the trade and everything. But then, good man, that team wasn't good. They couldn't buy a win. But every time Gomber went out on the hill, you knew they had a chance to win. And he started dominating for a team that had no hope. And then a couple of years from now, when he's Rockies number two on their way to winning 94 games, yeah, his contract is phenomenal for, for the fans, Corsi Cat. 100%. Need a little Strava Craft coffee to clear out the throat a little bit. <clears throat> so, yes, I, uh, I'm i very excited to see what the future holds now for Gomber because he's been doing this for a little while. He's doing it on the road and at home. We've talked about those splits now. They can be dramatic for pitchers and hitters. Just... Overall, man, uh, very, very, very quality stuff out of Austin Gomber. Speaking of very quality stuff, I just got my most recent order of Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu beef, and it is absolutely delicious. If you've never had it before, I highly, highly, highly recommend you give it a try. If, you if you're in the area and you really just want to give it a try, you can go down to the DNVR bar. We've got some burgers down there. They're, they're just, whew, it, it is mind-blowing how good it is you can try it out you'll know for yourself you can also get a sample order if you you know if i scare you every time i say hey order 200 bucks and and you'll get free shipping like you can order much less than that now yeah, the shipping is a bit you know tedious or whatever but you can you can make it work get a sample try it i promise you'll be ordering that 200 bucks in no time also right now we're offering dnvr list or they're offering i guess dnvr listeners buy three get one free on their flank steaks delicious steaks lean and flavorful 
uh, thinly sliced against grain when carving. Ooh, it's an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. They're super affordable at $9.99, and now you can buy three, get one free using code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's DNVRFLANK at checkout to get buy three, get one free at Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, as I've said many, many times before, I constantly order the ground beef and ground chuck, the beef bacon. We usually get a couple of those steaks. The flank steaks are delicious. The Denver steaks are delicious. The hamburgers have won awards. And they treat the cattle well. None of the hormones and antibiotics and all of that nonsense. It tastes way better. And it's oftentimes even cheaper than buying at the grocery store. I haven't bought beef at the grocery store in months. Neither should you. Head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S. E double L cattle company.com. And do not forget to use promo code DNVR10 to save 10% off your entire purchase. And if you need to save up a little bit of money because you do want to order that 200 bucks at Hassle Cattle Company and get free shipping, well, you can save money from Gabby Insurance. You don't want to spend that money on insurance. You want to spend it on beef. And you can do that by getting a better insurance with our friends at Gabby. In fact, that's exactly what Gabby stands for. Get a better insurance. You're probably paying way too much for your home or car insurance. I was. I was paying 480 bucks too much a year just on car insurance. Check out, check out gabi.com slash dnvr. It'll take you less than 10 minutes. You'll be hit up with a ton of quotes, immediately be able to save money. There's no obligation. It doesn't cost you a thing. They don't send you any text messages or any of this other garbage. Customers save $961 per year on average. They'll never sell your info. None of the annoying spam. Again, doesn't do, it, it costs you nothing, but the smallest bit of your time saves you a ton of money. So go to gabi.com slash dnvr, gabi.com slash dnvr. Looks like my mom's hassle cattle company order is coming in today. Fantastic. You'll love to see that. Love to see it coming in, feeling good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really do. I really do enjoy the steaks. Um, we, I've got some right now. We had hassle uh, beef bacon this morning for breakfast. We've got a little uh, farm down the way that does free range eggs and stuff. Eggs and bacon this morning. Mm, yeah, Strava craft coffee. Where's my Strava craft? That's living the life. Joe got in on the holistic wellness, yeah? The Sleepy Time CBD is super helpful, Joe. Um, you know, I've got a, I, my fiance, you know, she doesn't do any, so like Solace Meds, you know, solid, got, we enjoy our, our friends at Solace Meds, and they've got all kinds of fun stuff down there too, but uh, uh, she's less of a partaker in those, and uh, but has found the CBD Sleepy Time thing. Uh, you know, she, she was having a real hard time getting to sleep on time and then not still feeling exhausted in the morning when she would go to work and started taking those exact ones, the sleepy time CBDs. And it's made a world of difference. And in fact, she'll even, you know, when she forgets to take one now and she's a little tired and groggy at work, she'll send me a text that goes, ah, I'm feeling groggy, forgot my CBD. So it, it really does help, really helps them out. See if the Rockies have their CBD situation all set, <laughs> or if they're going to feel groggy going into face uh, the Cincinnati Reds, they do have uh, Freeland on the hill. He's he's going tonight, right? Yep, Freeland on the hill. 
in the opener. Marquez will go in game two. Senzatella in game three. Reds will send Tyler Molly, Molly, Wade Miley. And uh, to be determined, as I said, in the third game. Uh, Reds have been pitching well. Reds have been playing pretty well. They're right under 500. Uh, as we know, last time the Rockies saw the Reds, they had an opportunity to sweep them in a four-game set. And their bullpen absolutely brutalized them and, and, and blew two games that were, were very, very winnable. Uh, so the Rockies, you know, have an opportunity here to win a, to a second game on the road trip. for the, that's, That'd be the only time this year they've won two games in one road trip, right? Now I'd have to go back and look. But with only five road wins, I don't have to look that far. That has to be true. Um, and so... You know, our guy, our producer Aaron Patterson, was very excited about the Rockies' opportunity to do some things. I think they could have stolen Game One in Miami, and that would have really set them up to maybe have a a big successful road trip here. Uh, I, you know, he said they could get four. So in order to do that, they're going to need to sweep these Cincinnati Reds. Patrick had them getting two, which means they only need to grab one of these. Uh, I had them at three, so that means I need the Rockies to win this series in Cincinnati with Freeland, Marquez, and Senzatella. On the hill, when you don't have the X factor of you know Chichi Gonzalez, who, by the way, like <laughs> I'm making a totally different point. I was just about to go off like a forty thousand word Chichi Gonzalez rant. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, I'll, I'll finish my point here with the with the pitching that the Rockies have going. They should be in all of these games at least until whenever the bullpen gets involved. Uh, then you can kind of hope that your three guys who are going well keep going well. Everyone else is a total, you know, throw your hands up in the air and see what happens. Uh, if you're trying to, again, if you're trying to win ball games at this point, if you're still on the train of getting that first overall pick and, and, and doing all that, well, the Rockies are still in the hunt for that. And if they lose the series, then then fair enough, right? Uh, but back to the the teaching results. So that's what I, I do think the Rockies can figure out a way to steal the two. I, I predicted they'd win three road games. No reason not to stick with that since they didn't get swept in Miami. I don't need them to sweep. I just need them to pull out a couple of wins here behind some of their best pitchers. I feel like we're due for a really good start from Freeland. May not be tonight, um, but I feel like he's due to, to settle in, right? He's, he's only been back for a few games. Uh, he's been close to very good in a couple of them, but had these moments usually early where it's taken him a minute to get his command. I'm looking for the game where he comes out. He has his command kind of from pitch one and can pitch his game. All right, Chi-Chi. <laughs> Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi. So this is going to sound strange, but you've, I guess you don't have to. I have really got to appreciate Chi-Chi Gonzalez's start yesterday. But Drew, I know. I saw the stat line. I saw the game, actually. Uh, they pay me to watch them. It's uh, eight earned runs is never a good thing. However, it is very rare that a guy can give up eight earned runs and still chew up five innings. Can give up three home runs in the second and still find a way to get through the fifth. Now, again, there's like, what kind of compliment is this, right? It was very clearly a terrible start. And he's been good for most of the year. It's destroyed his ERA, I'm sure. What is it now? 574? That's brutal. Probably jumped it by a full run. As we know, he's been more than solid for most of the year, if you've been paying attention to the Rockies. And 
that's one of those where you eat it for your teammates. I'm sure somebody bought him dinner after the game because you someone's got to pick up those innings. You don't, you can't, the clock won't run out in the baseball game, right? You have to get those outs. And those games can be really miserable for everything else that it was or wasn't. It was pretty short <laughs> for a game that was 11 to four. I could have gone on forever. And Chi-Chi just had to eat it. He he couldn't, you know, they couldn't go to the pen because it wasn't going to get any better. Now they, they were lucky they were able to get a decent inning out of Chassin. But, you know, it's the same. He, he can just as easily get blown up that bad, too. So to know, you know, hey, look, this is going to destroy your ERA because we're, we're just going to leave you in there and you don't have it today. And they're seeing everything that you're throwing and three home runs in an inning. I think they're picking the ball up out of the hand okay. And there's nothing really that the Rockies can do there other than throw somebody else into the fire. So Chi-Chi just had to take it. So it's probably one of those things that just to, to the fans and to a lot of people in the media and a, a lot of people out there, it was just, oh my God, this guy sucks. This is terrible. This is awful. But I promise you that he gutted through that, that he was able to, to finish the fifth inning after giving up six runs in the second, that meant a great deal to everybody in that clubhouse. Those, and again, that's the human element. That's the human element of sports. Because the Rockies lost the baseball game in the second inning. Six runs on the road. Ball game's over. After the third home run, probably after the second one, the ball game was over. But they don't let you to do, you know, the Michaela Perkins rage quit. You can't turn off the PlayStation and you can't run out the clock. You can't take a knee. You have to throw the ball over the plate until the other team makes three outs. I mean, a thankless yeoman's effort from Chichi Gonzalez yesterday. That's all I've got to say about that. I'm sure that's the kind of thing I would get ripped for all the time for trying to make it seem like Chichi Gonzalez did something heroic when he gave up eight earned runs. But again, you don't have to feel about it the way his teammates do. I'm just letting you know they appreciate that. <laughs> they really, really do. So, yeah, okay, looking forward to these next couple of games. As I said, keep your eyes on some of these guys uh, in that trade market. The better they do, the, the quicker the Rockies can – turn around uh, some some young talent, boost that farm system up. Uh, the farm system has been improving just internally by some of the players they already have, you know, playing baseball and Ryan Rawlison being added to the top 100 prospects, things like that. And so they could stand to get a few more of them. Uh, we'll be keeping our eyes on that. Obviously, the baseball out on the field, whether or not Tapia can get that batting average back up to around 300. If Ryan McMahon can resume his all-star caliber of play. We'll definitely be watching for that. And to see if Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman can get back to being Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman, you know, really doing those big contributing things. And whether that means trading one or both of them, or it just means being able to enjoy what was supposed to be the two best parts of the Rockies, right? Uh, coming into this season and before even when it was Nolan, when Nolan was still around, 
I'm sorry, Josh Fuentes' cousin was still here. It was still that way, right? Of like, people would say there's three guys or four guys and then nothing, uh, which I always thought was unfair. But this year it was definitely supposed to, it was Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story are the only people on that team who are any good and are worth watching. And as we talked about earlier, Charlie's come to life a little bit. You like where Charlie's at. Trevor really hasn't played like a star. He's got that OPS plus in the 90s, a couple of bombs. We know he can get hot at any point, but he hadn't done it yet. So whether you're showcasing him for a big trade or you just would like to enjoy the best of watching Trevor Story play baseball, which we all know can be a whole lot of fun and can be really, really good. And we're still waiting to see that. And so Great American Small Park, as the players call it, good opportunity for anyone who needs to get the bat going, though, again, Cincinnati pitching has been pretty good. And no, Will, I did not see Fresno got nine runs on 11 hits, 11 consecutive hits. Oh, my. That's Trevor Croft coffee. That, that knocked the coffee out of me. Nine runs on 11 hits in the top of the first. 11 consecutive hits in the top of the first. Again, that's when you turn off anyone in the world who's ever played MLB The Show. If they give up nine runs on 11 hits consecutively in the first inning, you, you turn the game off. You're not finishing that. Wait, okay, you win. I got, okay, sorry. Didn't, sorry, sorry you showed up today. You win. That's all you got, right? But in pro sports, you can't do that. You need someone to do what Gigi did. That's professionalism. That's what that is. Extraordinary professionalism. All right. Like I said, appreciate all you. Hang out for uh, a couple more shows. We got TDSP today. I'm going to be recording with Drew Goodman later on, but uh, I think we're going to save that one, put it on the podcast for everybody. And sometime this weekend, uh, I will be diving into the, the conversation about uh, the role of media and the evolving discussion about how we treat and talk to and evaluate and cover professional athletes and and what what is outside of bounds. Uh, because I feel like that conversation is about to become a huge one in sports. I, I feel like for the very first time, we're seeing some real pushback from athletes saying, I don't have to answer that question. I don't have to do this press conference. I don't have to subject myself to these oftentimes insulting and personal, again, oftentimes bullshit questions designed to get a rise out of me. Like it's reality television, which I get in, in some instances it is. But it's not the job of the media to create drama. It is our job to report on it when things are dramatic. But it's not our job to create drama. And I'll have a lot more thoughts on that and you know what I see as an evolving industry standard and how I intend to 
you know, sort of direct my efforts and 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 my part in the conversation and our part in the conversation here at DNVR Rocks. Everyone has their own obligations and responsibilities as a reporter as well. Mine are different from Patrick's that are different from Michaela's, different from Harrison Wynn, different from AJ Hayfley and Ryan Konigsberg. And we, we all have different perspectives and, and responsibilities and uh, and takes on on these types of conversations. But I think it needs to be a conversation. I, I think the biggest thing that's happening now is that we have taken it for granted that professional athletes just owe us certain things. And because they're rich and famous, people have just decided that's okay. But in a world where we're having a better understanding of mental health and social anxieties and how we treat people, that's an outdated concept. So there's my preview of of what we'll talk about probably on Saturday. Uh, and I may be able to get a, a special guest or two for y'all for that conversation. So it'll, it'll be a little bit less Rockies, but hopefully it'll be informative and interesting and, and illuminating. So appreciate each and every single one of you for hanging out with us or with me, I guess. I haven't done one solo in quite some time. So used to saying us. Appreciate all of your patience. I promise Patrick and Michaela will be back before you know it. Also going to try to get our guy Spencer on a little bit more often. Uh, maybe Mitch as well, uh, and uh, the abs guys. Sad to say, I'm going to give them a while, but I know those guys love talking baseball. I'm sure they'd love to come by and see you all. Um, we're just going to give them a little bit of time because it is rough. And as you all know, even, even when you expect your team to be bad, but especially when you expect your team to be good, tough to lose the last game of the year. So thank you all. Hanging out with us. Go show those guys some love. If you've gotten, uh, you know, some value out of their coverage and, and content over on the DNVR Avalanche side, I'm sure they would appreciate it. Make sure you're following everyone on the Rocky side at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick B. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, at DNVR underscore Rockies, of course. Subscribe into the DNVR.com. Drinking all your Breck Brew and Strava Croft coffee. Probably not at the same time. Either one pairs really well with your hassle cattle company beef, all of which you know you can afford when you're saving money at Gabby Insurance and making money at DraftKings Sportsbooks. So, you know, we slung all those together. So thank you all for hanging out with us. I hope you will continue to be abs- absolutely, absolutely fantastic baseball fans out there. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.